0: So we continue in our series, The Greatest Love Song, from the book of the Song of Solomon. Last week we talked about deepening desire, and this week we take the next step, increasing intimacy. You know, you meet someone, you kind of size them up, you might be attracted to one another, you get introduced, you kind of like what you see, and then the desire grows, the attraction grows. And then it's time to take that next step, right? In every relationship, there's always that next step. Young people, listen to this, all right? In every relationship, there's always the next step. You either take the next step forward or you take a step back. No relationship can ever maintain or stay in neutral, at least not for very long. Well, here's a clip from a pretty famous movie about this very moment. And I think you might recognize it. Uh-oh, sorry. Let's try that again. Uh, technical difficulties, as always. What happened? Hold it, sorry. I was a head Let's try this again. Uh, he was a head coach. <laughs> I'm gonna have to escape out of here. And, oh, what happened? I hope that doesn't delete the movie. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna bring it up. Let's see if I can find it. This is it well, He was the head counselor at the boys camp And I was a head counselor at the girls camp And they had a social one night And he walked across the room I thought he was coming to talk to I'll my friend Maxine Because people were always crossing rooms to talk to Maxine But he was coming to talk to me And he said I'm Ben Small of the Coney Island Smalls At that moment I knew I knew the way you know about a good melon a man came to me and said, I found a nice girl for you. She lives in the next village and she is ready for marriage. We were not supposed to meet until the wedding. But I wanted to make sure. So I sneak into her village, hid behind a tree, watch her washing the clothes. I think if I don't like the way she looks, I don't marry her. But she looks really nice to me. So I said, okay. We get married. We married for 55 years. All right. That's one of my favorite parts of a movie. I don't know if that's one of yours. But I'm going to try to put this back onto... uh, going to go forward. All right. Well, for those of you who are in a relationship, whether you're married or dating, you, or you were in a relationship, you remember that moment, right? Don't you? You remember that moment. For those of you who have never been in a relationship, there comes that time when you might like someone, but the question is, do you like them or do you like them like them? Do you really like them? And the bigger question is, do they like you? So there's this point that you come to, and do you know what that point is called? DTR? (laughs) Do you know what that means? It means defining the relationship. Defining the relationship. Defining the relationship means that you are taking the next step to know someone and to being known. Will you continue to be just friends, or will you turn it into something more? To know and to be known. We all desire for someone to know us deeply, deep down. It's scary, but it's also part of being human. That's the part of being intimate, isn't it? To know and to be known. That's at the heart of being intimate. In Genesis 2, it tells us that the man and the woman were naked, and they were not ashamed. Everything was out in the open. There was no hiding. Why do you think it's important for us to know someone and to be known? Well, I think it's because we want to be accepted for who we really are. The problem is that sin came into the picture, and we started to hide A.W. Tozer, a fairly well-known pastor, theologian, and author, called this the fig leaf religion. The fig leaf religion. Because of sin, we started to cover our private parts with fig leaves, with some external covering, in order to hide the parts of ourselves that we are embarrassed by, maybe even ashamed of. We're trying to make ourselves look better than we are when deep down inside we know better. And yet we all have this burning desire to know and to be known. I think it's because we still remember a time when there was no sin. And we walked around just as we were, and we were not ashamed. To be accepted for who we really are, not some external image of what somebody else thinks we might be. St. Augustine, theologian and philosopher from the 4th century, wrote this in his book of Confessions. Your creation desires to praise you. Man bears about with him his mortality, the witness of his sin, even the witness that you resist the proud. Yet man, this part of your creation, desires to praise you. You move us to delight in praising you, for you have formed us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. Amazing, that's an amazing thought, isn't it? You move us to delight in praising you, for you have formed us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. Our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. Is your heart restless? Have you found rest in the Lord? Still, we have this human desire to relate to one another on a human level, and God calls this good. He created male and female, and he called this very good. And so it is with King Solomon and his beloved Shulamite princess. They take the next step in the relationship. And this, in the second chapter of the Song of Solomon, we see a slight change, a movement from a place of admiration, from a place of external, to a place of action, to a place of movement, to a place of something else happening there. And so we find three things that help us in this passage to increase in intimacy. Three things. And the first one is this. We want to secure a place of safety. We want to secure a place of safety. Song of Solomon 2, chapter, chapter 2, sorry, verse 1 says this. And this is, this is the woman speaking. She says, I am a a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley. And then he says, like a lily among thorns is my darling among the maidens. On uh, Friday night, we had our small group meeting and uh, we read through the first chapter of Song of Solomon and uh, we actually uh, went back and forth with the reading. The males read the male part and the females read the female part. So let's do that today, and let's have all the ladies read, when it says she, have all the ladies read the female part, and it's, it's going to be printed up on the, the, uh, the overhead, so you don't have to look at your program. And when it says he, then the, the guys will read it together, all right? So let's do that. So ladies, you get to start us off. Ready? One, two, three. Guys, like a lily among thorns is my darling among the maidens. Keep like to sit in my He has taken me to the Thank you so much. I guess, guys, we got off easy there. (laughs) It seems as though our our daring princess and darling princess imagines what it would be like being in a relationship with her prince, her king. But she continues to question her self-image. She says, I am a rose of Sharon. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley." And while we may think, sorry, here's the lily of the valley. And while we may think, oh, a rose and a lily, and we have some roses and lilies, by name at least in our congregation, pretty flowers, very valuable, especially on Valentine's Day. Actually, the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley were in their culture, in their context, would have been very common flowers. Would have been very common flowers, wild flowers, if you will. That the flowers that grew on hills and valleys. So while she sees of herself as very common, he says this. No, she is a lily among the thorns. A lily among the thorns. Even though she may see herself as very common compared to all the other girls who are thorns, even a common flower stands out in the crowd even a common flower stands out in the crowd i don't know if that's exactly a compliment but i think she she will take it anyway and so she responds like an apple tree among like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my lover among the young men she wants to sit in his company she wants to be taken to his banquet hall She wants to be protected by by his banner, the flag that represents his army. This is a secure place. This is a place of safety. Intimacy needs time and space to grow. Like a delicate flower, a relationship needs careful care and feeding if you want it to be healthy. Think of every relationship that you've ever been in, What is the vital ingredient that made it grow? Time and place of safety and security. She sees it as a forest, time spent away together. A banqueting hall. Could this be a wedding banquet, perhaps? His banner over me would be a symbol of protection the flag of his army, perhaps. All of these are important in the process of starting and growing in our relational intimacy. Well, you know what? God wants that as well. God wants that as well. We see this in Genesis chapter 3. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God, fig tree religion, or fig leaf religion, sorry, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? People walked with God at one time in history. I know that's hard to imagine, and I know that's hard to believe, but it says right there in Genesis chapter 3 that God walked in the garden in the cool of the day, and he was looking for his creation to walk with his companions to walk with. I think we can still find God in the garden. Just go to any park, any forest, any ocean, any mountain, any place where you can be alone with your thoughts and your prayers and with God. And as I shared in the children's message, Christ is the bridegroom and we, the church, are his bride. Revelation chapter 19 Verse 7 says this. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. We are headed for a big banquet in the sky. And because we all love food, we all love food, this is just perfect for us, isn't it? Um, Pastor Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel passed away one year ago on Friday. One year ago this last Friday. And I once heard him tell this story about a man who was diagnosed with a terminal illness and given three months to live. And he told his pastor, he told his pastor this, one thing, I want to be buried with a fork in my hand. And the pastor was surprised, and he asked the guy, you know, why? Why do you want that? And he said this, In all my years of attending church socials and potluck dinners, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably say to everyone, keep your fork, keep your fork. It was my favorite time of the dinner because I knew something better was coming, like velvety chocolate cake or deep dish apple pie, something wonderful. So I want people to see see me there in my casket with a fork in my hand and wonder, what's with the fork? And then I want you to tell them, keep your fork because the best is yet to come. I wonder if Pastor Chuck was buried with a fork in his hand. I don't know. But I do know that he's up in heaven right now, celebrating with Jesus and a whole bunch of other people as well. And we will all be up in heaven at some point during the wedding celebration of the Lamb between Jesus and his bride, and that is us. So not only do we need to secure a place of safety, but we want to protect privacy with our whole heart. Protect privacy with our whole heart. That's the second step of increasing your intimacy. Increasing your intimacy. Okay, ladies, if you will. Actually, you have a lot more to read, so... Let's read this together, and maybe I'll get you started here. All right? Daughters of Jerusalem... Hold on, hold on. Let's back it up, okay? So verse 10, she's saying, My lover spoke to me and said to me, so actually the guys should be reading this part, sorry. My bad. So guys, let's go ahead and say this, all right? Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. And right about now all the ladies are saying, oh, if my husband would only say those words to me. <laughs> ah, Intimacy is meant to be shared by two and only two. do not awaken love until the right time, she says. Her love approaches. He is just outside the gate, trying to see into the courtyard, almost like a scene from Romeo and Juliet. The man approaches the courtyard. He appears through the windows. He looks through the lattice. He calls out to his beloved. Some things are meant to be private, kept hidden, only known by two. This is a change of season, if you can sort of recognize it. He says this, the the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vine spreads their fragrance. Arise, Come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Intimacy is an exchange of the heart. We cannot open up our hearts until our hearts are prepared for it. I'm an introvert by nature. I don't know if you know that. But I don't use many words. I don't use many words. This is actually one of the great frustrations for my wife, Priscilla. She will tell you about many times that she would want to have good, deep conversations with me. But sometimes it's really difficult and, you know, even painful. But she knows that now. It's been a, it's been a while. And she is actually quite gracious about it, although there are still frustrations. And I'm trying to be more expressive, but I still have a ways to go. But even though I'm an introvert... Uh, It's not that I don't have thoughts or feelings or ideas. It's just that they all live inside my head and inside my heart. I actually have many conversations inside my head. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the one thing she's grown to understand. That actually a lot of what is happening inside is happening inside of me. If you know an introvert, or if you are an introvert, you know what I mean. But like I said, it's not that I don't have thoughts or feelings. It's just that I don't express them externally very often. But there is one method of communication that I'm pretty good at, uh, and that is writing. Uh, When our relationship began almost 40 years ago, we lived about 120 miles apart, now, this was in the days of no computers, no cell phones, no email, no texting, no Skyping, nothing other than a landline phone. Remember those landline phones? And something called a postage stamp. <laughs> Young people, do you, do you know what a postage stamp is? Well, the postage stamp was cheaper than the landline, so that was our only choice. So we could write letters to one another. And we would write letters to one another. Prayer letters, love letters, letters talking about how our day was. She would write one to me and I would get it about two days later. And I would pour over it and and cherish it. And then I would write back to her. And that would take me about a day or two. And then I would mail it. And it would take about a day day or two to get to her. Um... The anticipation of receiving a letter from my beloved was, well, torturous. But the joy of receiving that letter when it came was indescribable. This went on for five years. <laughs> five years. But there is nothing like something received from your lover in, her, in their own hand. And those are precious to us, and we actually still have those letters. Intimacy grows when you have a place of privacy to begin to open up your heart, to begin to let the other person know who you really are. That place of intimacy begins with God, begins with God. Do you know that you are loved by God and that he wants to know you and to be known by you? Jeremiah 29 Verses 11 through 13 tells us this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. James 4.8 says this, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Revelation 3.20, Here I am, Jesus says. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. And finally, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Do you have a place of privacy with your beloved? Do you protect that place with all your heart? Not just at the beginning part of your relationship, but your whole life. Do you have that now? Do you have a place of privacy with God? Do you walk with him in the cool of the day? Do you pray with your heart wide open? Do you pray at all? What is keeping you from that place of security and privacy? Well, that brings us to the third part of increasing intimacy, and that is to guard against distractions. Guard against distractions. Okay, guys, it's our turn again. All right, let's read it together. My dove is in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside. Show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is loving. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruined the vineyards, our vineyards that are in blue. Ladies. From the, uh, the passages, I think we get the idea or the notion that um, Solomon is fairly young at this point in his life. It's pretty early on in his career. Otherwise, I think all the descriptions of the stags and the gazelles and the, uh, you know, whatever, antelopes, <laughs> the young deer, the young, the young bucks, uh, would be a little bit different. So... Um, just kind of keep that in mind. But finally, finally he comes into the picture. He comes into the picture and he speaks. Finally he speaks. Maybe he was an introvert, I don't know. But he recognizes the fact that she is hidden behind the lattices. Sorry, that wasn't, that's, not the, that's the other picture. Behind the lattices, she is in the hidden place, in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside. He wants her to come out. To show herself, he wants to hear her voice, her sweet voice. He wants to see her lovely face. He wants her to do what? Catch the foxes? What the the little foxes that ruin the vineyards? The vineyards that in bloom that are in bloom? What's up with that? What does that mean exactly? Well, if you recall from last week. Um, She was forced to work the vineyards by her mean stepbrothers, by her mean stepbrothers. Sounds kind of like Cinderella, doesn't it? So she must know a thing or two about vineyards. She must know a thing or two about vineyards. And what he is wanting her to do is to prevent the critters from stealing the ripening fruit, or the ripened fruit of the vineyard. When we lived in Huntington Beach, we planted a vegetable garden, and we had fruit trees. And I remember when the fruit was beginning to ripen, the birds would come and pack and eat the best fruit, (laughs) the sweetest fruit, the most ripe ripe fruits. And then the critters would come and take bites out of the ripening tomatoes or carrots and then leave the scraps behind. And that was just so frustrating. We did everything we could to keep those critters away, but it was no use. The little foxes are distractions. The little foxes are distractions that ruining our blossoming that ruin our blossoming intimacy. The little foxes are distractions that ruin our blossoming intimacy. They're things that keep us from focusing on one another. They're things that keep us from focusing one another. Yes, distractions like little foxes take away from our enjoyment of the fruit of our relationship. There can be many distractions in our lives, right? Many little foxes. I want you to turn to your neighbor now and share the top two things in your life that are distractions to you. And if you're sitting next to your spouse, don't talk to them. (laughs) talk to somebody else. So share with them the top two distractions that are in your life. Okay, <laughs> we like to talk, we like to talk and we have a lot of distractions. <laughs> what are some of the distractions that are in your life? Go ahead and shout it out to me, anybody. TV, TV. all right, TV, anything else? <laughs> Sorry, phones? Phones? Phones, yes. Electronics in general, right? Anything else? Kids. Kids. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Kids can steal away that time of intimacy, right? Anything else? Sports activities. Sports activities, yes. Absolutely. How about one more? School. School. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And what is not a distraction? (laughs) What are you supposed to be focusing on? (laughs) Okay, well, here are some important thoughts uh, for effective communication and and eliminating distractions from your deepening... um, Intimacy with one another. And uh, these come from a website or an organization called Prepare Enrich. So it's www.prepare-enrich.com. Right. So the first one. Give full attention to your partner when talking. Turn off the phone, shut off the electronics, make eye contact. Focus on the good qualities of each other and often praise each other. And stop nudging the person next to you if you're sitting here. (laughs) Be assertive. Be assertive. Don't just wait for that person to talk to you. Be assertive. And like I said, I'm an introvert, so this is not my first uh, inclination. But I, I need to work on that. I truly do. Avoid criticism. Avoid criticisms. If you must criticize, if you must, balance it with at least one positive statement. And I've heard it said, five. <laughs> not two, not three, five. Okay. So balance criticism with positive, but make it lean toward the positive listen to understand not to judge listen to understand not judge use active listening what that is is if your partner or your, the person you're talking to says something kind of like repeat it back to them in your own words so that they know that you're actually like paying attention and and, and communicating and comprehending what they're saying say that again drive through listening, that's right, like you're going through a drive through They repeat your order to you, right? That's exactly right. Very good. And then finally, avoid blaming each other and work together for a, for a solution. Avoid blaming each other and work together for a solution. These apply to all of our relationship, not just our marital relationship, and they apply to our relationship with God as well. The most crucial relationship that we must focus on is our relationship with God. It really is. We can never achieve true intimacy with someone until we achieve intimacy with God. Let me say that again. We can never achieve true intimacy with others unless and until we achieve intimacy with God. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Here's some thoughts from Solomon's father, King David, on seeking after God. Psalm 63, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. We know what that feels like right now, don't we? Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. If you've ever been woken up in the middle of the night, maybe God is prompting you just to pray, just to lay in your bed and pray. And finally, he says, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. In Psalm 27, he says this, One thing I seek, talk about focus. One thing I seek, one thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. David was a man after God's own heart. If you want to learn how to achieve intimacy with God, study his songs, and they're called the Psalms. There, David opens up his heart to God. He reveals the very depths of who he is, including all the ugliness. (laughs) Yes, we can be transparent with God. It's okay. It's okay. He can take it. He really can. God gave us marriage as a safe place to experience intimacy and to reflect the type of intimacy that he wants with us. Marital in- intimacy is vital. I think we all know and accept that. But it goes well beyond the act of physical act of intimacy. We talk about having a soulmate and I think that's true. We share our souls in our life together and it must be something deeper than simply a mutual physical attraction. There must be a sense of knowing someone and being known by by them at a far deeper level than physical intimacy can ever produce. So how would you assess your relationships in the area of revealing yourself? You know, you don't have to go around to everybody and just reveal all your stuff, just dump on them, Wear wear your heart on your sleeve. But everyone has to have someone that they can be themselves with, that they can truly open up to. For those of us who are married, that should be our spouse. But everyone needs a friend or a few friends who are true friends, who will accept you for who you are. And of course, God is the ultimate friend that we can know and be known by. Would you let him into your heart today? Would you reveal yourself to him a little bit more today? Will you trust him with the deepest, darkest secrets in your heart today? Let's pray together. Father, we all confess that um, this is an area that we are not very good at as people, and hopefully we can grow in this area of just being vulnerable to one another. When we're hurting, may we find a place of safety and security. May we find a trustworthy friend who we can share that deep hurt with. And Lord, ultimately, may we bring it to you. May we feel that sense of place of security with you. And reveal those hurts to you and allow you to be the one who comforts us, who extends grace and mercy in our lives, who heals those hurts, who brings us to a place of intimacy and worship with you. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us here in this place, in this time. And thank you for being our great God and our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name.